Hi everyone, welcome back to the Stay Hungry podcast. Today I've got Ben from the Trade Tribe talking all about investing for success. Ben, welcome to the podcast. Morning Joe, great to be here man, thank you for having me. How are you doing? Oh, fantastic, really, really good. How about yourself? Yeah, good, yeah, sun shining, can't complain. On a podcast with you, living the dream. (laughs) Love that. Although Love to be that. fair, I feel like I've like spent more time with you than anyone else recently. So <laughs> I was going to say, long time no see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we. I mean, Ben and I were at some training on Tuesday and Wednesday together. So for the listeners wondering what the hell we're talking about. So, um, little introduction to you and the Trade Tribe. Who are you? What's the Trade Tribe? <laughs> so my name is Ben Knight. I teach busy business owners how to invest in the stock market in less than five minutes a day. Now, the Trade Drive is the community that I've built to support that, essentially. Because when I first started out trading, it's quite a lonely game, as you can imagine. So one thing I missed was the, the people, like having people around you that you can talk to, bounce ideas off, like any business should have. So I was like, I need to create something that's going to have that available for everybody. Yeah, yeah. And um, like, forgive me saying this, but you're, you're a relatively young guy. How, mm-hmm. how have you got to this point? How's this happened? <laughs> Good question. Um, see, I'm 27 now. Um, and I mean, I was always very much under the impression I'm not going to get a nine to five job. Okay. But like, I was almost like adamant and obsessive about that, that I need to find something that doesn't fit that mold, if you will. Now, nothing against nine to fives. I just knew that wasn't for me and that wasn't going to work for me and get the best out of me. So I was like, I need to find things that, sort of pay based on how good you are at them or at least how much value you can deliver now trading fits that for me in terms of like i knew i could get better at this skill and the better i got the more i'd make so so that was my main sort of that's what got me into it i would say that's what set it off that's interesting so what what kind of things were you doing before (laughs) so a whole host of things when i say i was a very adamant to not get a job. I, I really went for it. So I come out of university. Um, this was five years ago now. So started um, looking at Amazon FBA. Yeah. That was a complete mistake. I, I was very bad at that. Um, no idea what I was doing there. Then even more of a crazy one. I tried to learn how to uh, code mobile phone apps. Okay. Get me with like very limited tech ability, like no coding knowledge at all. Thought, yeah. Well, you know, everyone's got an iPhone. I might as well learn how to code apps. Terrible idea. That didn't go very far. Um, just a lot of little things like that, to be honest. Um, as you can see, I was kind of desperate. Yeah, to, uh... yeah. How did how did you fund those those adventures? Well, yeah, that, that's a good question as well. So, obviously, I'd just come out of uni. It's a four year degree. I'd lived around the world um, because it was international business. I was in like Florida, Canada, um, Madrid. Racked up a lot of debt there. We're talking like 50k plus. Um, and I was like, like I need to start making some money here, right? Um, and then when them businesses as well, I think you quickly learn, or people are sold the dream that you can start a business with very, very little. Now, while that may be the case for certain businesses, others certainly don't fit that mold, as you yeah. may agree, right? And uh, yeah, I was sold the dream a few times, let's say. And uh, yeah, I was just sort of living very, very lean, let's call it. Uh, I've always been pretty good with money, I have to say, like in terms of like managing it well and stuff like that. So I wasn't too bad, but 
it wasn't a fun life, I have to say, because you're living, you can't do the things you want, you've got to make a lot of sacrifices, stuff like that, which if you're not passionate about the thing, like who's passionate about apps on a mobile phone, but <laughs> it doesn't quite work for you long term. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. And so um, when did sort of, obviously, well, I tell people what degree you did, because that would give some insight into why you are where you are now. Yeah, so I did international business with Spanish. Um, we ignore that part, though, because that didn't, uh, <laughs> that doesn't carry on now. Um, but yeah, international business, I was, as I said, I was always like, look, I know it's going to be business related. I'm always going to get out there and do something like that. And I could not tell you how disappointed I was with what I came out with. Incredible. Like, loved it. Obviously met loads of people around the world. Fantastic. When I looked back and thought, what have I actually learned about business? It was nothing. Literally, like, literally nothing i thought they teach you to be a to be a good employee yeah yeah that's what it was i was like i don't know the first thing about starting a business scary that isn't it a lot of people allude to that that the educational system from literally nursery right the way through to end of uh, university is all about teaching you to be a a cog in the machine 100 percent. and yeah however you view it like if that's a good or bad thing like that's the reality of it right I guess you could say, oh, they're catering for the masses because most people aren't going to be a business owner. But I sort of think, well, if they didn't have that pure focus on being an employee, maybe more people would. Yeah, yeah. Things that they actually want to do in their life. Yeah, more cynical people would say that there's a there's a control element to it. But, but we won't go down that route. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the next one. Yeah, yeah we we'll save that for another time. So, okay. So when did the Trade Tribe start? So the Trade Tribe started, it's actually almost two years ago to the day, um, and it was purely out of necessity. Now, weirdly, it wasn't my necessity. It was other people's. So I'd been trading full-time for three years at that point, and to be honest, I hated it. That might surprise you as I obviously teach this now. But I, I was full-time trading. So what you imagine when you see them in like movies and stuff, you know, in front of your screen all day, watching lines go up and down. Yeah, yeah. Life. Now. Joe, I know you know me pretty well, but like, I love people. Like, I love meeting people, meeting people. Um, and that does not fit the profile of a trader. Sure, right? yeah, yeah. So I was like, I need to get out. I need to figure something out here to make this work for me. Because I was miserable, right? It's, the money's good, but that only counts for so much. You'll notice, right? Like yeah, yeah, sure, exactly. Yeah, so I was like, right, let me, what have I learned that I can sort of develop into a way that gives me so much of my time back that I can go and do other things as well? This is when I started developing my own strategy. Um, and I've, I've got it down, as you heard at the beginning, like I've got it down to, it literally takes five minutes a day or less, right? So that was a massive, massive thing for me because that ticked all my boxes that I'm getting, get all my time back. I can go and, you know, I can do this in five minutes a day and go down, sit down the park and talk to people if I want <laughs> all day. I'm not saying I did that, but um, you could, like, it, that's what I wanted. I just wanted my freedom back. So I did that. I was like, great, this is brilliant. What should I do now? And because I got the investing sort of bug, let's call it, I was like, property. Everybody talks about property, you know, real estate, like, that, 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 what could go wrong? Like, let's go in for that. So went along to an event, really, really loved it. I was like, wicked, let's get in. Signed up, put down quite a substantial bit of money there, which, So you know. I, I guess, like, thinking of people's money habits, are we talking more than £10,000? Um, at the time, it's actually less than that, which is funny. I, I, now you said that, it's sort of a... Uh, from my money, let's call it mindset or money pattern has changed dramatically. At the time, I thought, 
shit, this is a lot. Like, it was a, a fair few thousand. I can't remember the exact number, but a fair few thousand. But if I look back now, I'd be like, wow, that's cheap. Like, yeah, you, you know, you and I, we invest a lot in ourselves now. Um, so, yeah, in comparison, it was nothing. But that just shows sort of my... The development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, went along to property. I was like, great, sign up. But dove into that. Now, everybody there was like, oh, you trade. Could you teach me this? Could you teach me that? And I was like, oh, hang on a minute. Like, I can help a lot of people here. And they all want it. Like, let me put something together. And that, that's how it, it first started, the trade tribe. I was like, there's a business here. This is what I've been looking for. This is, you know, I've, I've tried my hand at all these random things that I have no interest in. And now people are coming to me telling me they want my help with something I really like, know a lot about. And I'm, yeah, so I was like, wicked. So, yeah. That's how the trade drive started. I just will build it from the necessity of others. And what happened to the property empire? Uh, we, let's say it took a bit of a backseat. I, uh, no, I've, got, I've got a couple under my belt, um, but I learned very quickly. And if anyone's been in property before, you probably agree with this. There's a lot that can go wrong in property. And you tend to only hear from people when something's gone wrong. Right. So I'm looking to speak to people day to day, like enjoy myself. I love socializing. If all I'm getting is calls that are, oh, you know, washing machines blown up or there's a leak over there or tenants, un- yeah, that, that's not the sort of interaction I wanted. So I kept the properties that I've got, but I've definitely, definitely put that on the bit of the, the back burner, let's say. It's not, it's not bad though, is it? 50 grand a debt at university and by the time you're 27, running a successful business and got a couple of properties. That's- yeah, I guess, I, I guess when you summarise it like that, it is. But I think I'd love to touch on that today that, these things are so much closer than you'd maybe expect. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's definitely something I'd love to, to cover on this, just how close the next stage progression is to most people. Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. So um, most, of our, most of our listeners are business owners, and mm-hmm. I guess it's fascinating that there's that many business owners out there that are obviously running successful businesses but still want to get into trading. Mm-hmm. Why, why do you think that is? I, I can only obviously speak from my point of view because I do have a business. Like the trading aspect, as I said, it takes me five minutes a day. So I can't pretend that that's a big chunk of my life. Yeah. Running my business like the trade tribe is the biggest part now. And one thing I noticed, and I know business owners suffer from this, it's like, oh, I just don't have enough time in my day to do these things. Now, there's two ways to look at this. And you'll be able to put yourself in, this, in one of these categories that you either look at it as, Oh, I just don't have enough time to do this. So I'm never going to do it. And I'm, I'm never going to look at it. And I'm, it's going to be, you know, it's always going to be on the back of my mind. And I'm going to stick with what I've got. Or it's going to be, I don't have time to do this. So this is the exact reason I need to get into investing because I want my time back. And I always say this to everyone, like your money will work for you way harder than any human ever could, right? It doesn't need, your money doesn't need a day off. It doesn't need to go on holiday. It doesn't get sick. It doesn't need sleep, you know? So if your money's working for you, that can work 24-7. And that's the only way to get your time back while maintaining your lifestyle. I mean, you could pack it all in and go and live on, like, in a cave somewhere if you wanted to. That'd give you time back, but <laughs> lifestyle might change a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, um, and, and you fall into this category, that I don't think you can make money your god. It, you can't be a slave to money. But at the same time, it allows you freedoms that you otherwise wouldn't have. So unless you're willing to live in a tent or a cave, that 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 in in our society there is an element of of needing some financial freedom. 
Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. And I think oh, this might be a bit controversial, but I think anyone who says money doesn't matter is an idiot. Like, yeah. does matter because whatever you want in life or don't want in life, stress, you know, worry, like people, sickness, stuff like that. Like there's nothing that you don't want that money wouldn't improve that situation. Yeah. So uh, funnily enough, I disagree with this point, but um, a coach that we both work with said, anybody that said money doesn't make you happy is a fucking idiot. He literally said that to the room the other day. And uh, I don't think it necessarily makes you happy. But it, but what it can do is remove a lot of the things that stop you from being happy. So not worrying about debt. Not worrying about how you're going to feed yourself. Not worrying about where you live. Not worrying about if you're going to be able to go on holiday this year. All those things that allow you that kind of uh, space in your mind. Yeah, 100% agree with that. And that, that's funny that you said that. I forgot he, uh, he mentioned that. And yeah, even though I sort of said something similar, not the same. Like, it believe... wasn't the same what you said. Yeah. yeah, money doesn't make you happy, but it's definitely going to get you away from the things that don't make you happy. Yeah, yeah, my, uh... yeah. And yeah, like a task that you and I have both done as well, write a list of all the things you love and all the things you, you don't like doing. Well, one thing money can afford you is to offload all the things you don't like doing. So, like a, a sim- simple example, if you hate cleaning, mm-hmm. you can get a cleaner. It's like... And that sounds silly, but what a massive weight off people's minds it Yeah, is. yeah, yeah. A great example for me, and probably I'd share this with you guys, that one exercise I'd highly, highly recommend is literally taking 20 minutes this weekend, or whenever you've got some time, just write out what would you your perfect day look like in your life, right? Yeah. And not, not all like airy fairy stuff, literally like what I like to wake up and do first thing. Then then after that, what would I do? What would I have for lunch? Where would I go? Just write out these things and really think like which one of those could I actually achieve in the next month? Yeah. Like, I've done this recently. And well, you'll know, like this year has actually been big for me in terms of like just ticking things off the goals list that I really wanted to do. Um, but a really simple one, which you've just reminded me of, is like I hate cooking. Right. I, I really hate cooking, especially during a busy day. You know, in businesses going a million miles an hour, you've got to take a few minutes out to cook something and then eat. Like most of the time you just miss out and don't eat at all, which isn't good. Right. So I was like, let's let's replace that. So I looked up and like get a meal delivery service, like meal prep service. They make it for you. You get it. Stick it in the microwave and it's done. Like that's a little thing. It's not cheap, but it's also not it's not like having a chef, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, really achievable for people but that's a massive weight off of my mind and it's weird how much that's worth to you so you might look at it like oh you know x amount per meal or whatever but how much brain space is that going to give you back how much time how much like so funny you've just said that because we've just done the same thing and we we actually we actually love cooking but it's we save it for the weekend now as like a make a proper occasion of it um and and our logic was because the cost of living's increased Actually, meal prep services now are quite comparable to doing it yourself. It's not the difference is is negligible, so, and obviously the time saving for me in terms of always having a decent lunch, a nutritious lunch, always having a nutritious evening meal, it, it's well worth it. Definitely, definitely, and yeah, I think that's the side of investing people don't think of. Like when you say investing in yourself, kind of overused term, I'd say, but. You think, oh, that means I've got to go and buy a course or buy a mentor or whatever. Yeah, there are options for sure. But even just like like we just said, investing literally yourself in your day-to-day life, what's going to make it easier? What are you going to enjoy more? Yeah, what's yeah. Make- yeah exactly. Does it, 
I mean, for me, does it buy? Is it either it buys you more freedom, more time, or makes you more money? Um, and if it ticks one of those three, you should really look at it hard. Like my my friends think I'm a bit of a cock for having a cleaner, and some some sometimes I think the same. You know, it's got a bit of a chip on my shoulder because not like no one in my family has ever had a cleaner, and but we just don't have time to clean, or and and not in a sexist sense, but my wife probably does have time to clean but she doesn't want to so why should she yeah 100 yeah. agree with that that's freedom yeah 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 that's what it is so um let's get into the nitty-gritty a little bit what's kind of if someone signs on with you what what kind of level of investment not with you but in in their uh portfolio do we need to be talking about for this to make sense Right, so you mean like what they need to have as like an investment pot? Yeah, like what are they willing to, to chuck at it for one of a better phrase? Yeah. <laughs> um, great question. So, okay, I actually got asked this question this morning on uh, social media, which is funny, but I always say there's, there's two rules I have because there is no minimum, maximum, yeah. literal terms, but I have my own rules that it's got to be enough that keeps you interested, right, and keeps you committed to wanting to grow this. Now, if you start with 200 quid, like you're going to forget about that. You're going to, you know, if something else pops up a little bit more important, you're going to put this to the side. You're just not going to be committed to it. If you've got like an amount in there that you're like, I want that. This is important to me. I want to make this work. You'll find the time to make it work. So first things first is it's got to be an amount that keeps you interested. The second rule for me is not a too much. that's going to keep you up at night. That is a big, big thing with investing that I can't tell you how many people, especially with the get rich quick schemes, which Everyone knows is more risky. They tend to put more in than they can afford to lose, which is crazy. But something solid, like stocks, for example, or real estate, they'll put they'll be reluctant to put more in. It's it's crazy thing. But if you're ever thinking, oh my goodness, what have I done? That was too much. Okay. That's yeah, that sounds really sensible. So say say I signed up and you've got like a relatively good idea of where I'm at. What what kind of amount are we talking? So yeah, obviously, I don't want to speak for you because I don't really know your financial situation as that no, in depth. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but so I would say if people can start with between, I'd say five to 10 grand is a really good, like really good chunk of money to, to get going with. Um, now, obviously, as I said, for everyone, that's going to be different. Five to 10 grand may be more than you can imagine putting in something, fine. Or it could be you think, well, that's not even worth it for me if you're on a lot, depends where your mind's at. But five to 10 grand, I think you see sort of returns that would make a difference in life worth it. So for example, just to do a little bit of maths for you, like obviously I'm assuming you're familiar with the compound effect, right? Yeah. So, you know, keep for something in there and just keep making returns on that money. It grows and grows and grows exponentially. Now 10 grand, if you start with 10 grand, if you even make 50% a year on it, right? Which for some things is crazy. Other things, it's not that much 50%. Now my clients last year, I'm happy to share this between 60 and 80% they were making that year, okay? So let's go lower, much lower end. We'll say 50%, right? Just as a, If you made 50% a year on 10 grand for like 15 years, you're up to like 4.3 million. Like, that is insane. That's 15 years. Like, that's not that much time in the overall scheme of things. Like, if you think, oh, what did I see on Facebook earlier? I saw somebody pop up and I thought, I haven't actually seen that person in like 10 years. That feels like no time. But if you said to me, oh, if you'd have put some money in back then, you'd now have 4.3 million. 
that's probably going to change my life a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, and it's insane, and it sounds ridiculous because we're sort of conditioned to think that's ridiculous because we don't know anyone has done it because nobody does this. So this will be a question that you've fielded loads recently, but, but really important. Obviously, times are very volatile right now. Um, if you're like the layperson like me, the news is kind of telling you, wow, the stock market is crashing and crypto is crashing and NFTs are crashing and the house market's going to crash and yada, yada, yada. How, how do you weather that storm? Like what, what's like, I know for you're, you're posting record months. So you're obviously able to talk to people and explain, well, yeah, so, some stocks are crashing, but not all of them. And over to you. Yeah, no, no, great point. I'm glad you asked that question as well, because I think that's a, a big thing at the moment, no matter what industry you're in, everyone's talking about the fear and all this stuff. I, I don't want to take this too conspiracy theorist, okay? But I would say, let's talk just stocks, for example. There's so much money in the stock market, so much money, the big banks, the institutions have got a lot riding on it. If you think that they don't have a certain level of control, over what happens. I feel like you might be a little bit naive there. Yeah, sure. So my theory, or let's call it a theory, is, yeah, times do get tough and things crash, absolutely. But you always have to look at the other side, like who's benefiting from this? Now, unfortunately, 99% of the time, it is the big guys, right? So, for example, let's say, I'm going to pick Google. Okay, so Google stock crashes 30%. Cool. Now, you can look at that in two ways. You can, I think, oh my goodness, 30%, that's a hell of a lot. Like, I'd be gutted if I lost 30% of my money, whatever. If you're on the other side of it, you might think, right, Google's not going anywhere anytime soon, right? I, I think we'd probably all agree with that. It's a pretty uh, pretty solid company, I think it's fair to say. I'm going to get a 30% discount on getting involved in that. That's the other way to look at it. And you can bet anything that the banks, the institutions are looking at it, that side of things, right? Yeah, yeah. Because they've been through this. They, 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 I could say they create this sort of thing. And the fear that's in the media is just that. It's just fear. It's, uh, stocks only fall when people sell, right? So that means people are fearful when the stock market's crashing. Same with crypto, same with whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I like to sort of take myself out of it, take the emotions away and say, what's really going on here? Like, what Realistically, yeah, if there's a small company that makes a few hundred million a year and they've crashed 50%, maybe that's not the best investment. Yeah, maybe I'd, I'd stay away from that for now. But if it's a big, solid company or anything like that, you know, and the fundamentals look great, and I, for me, that's like, wow, it's on sale. Yeah, if you had a car that you really wanted to buy, and you were like, I'm saving up for this car, it's looking really good, I can't wait to buy it, and then suddenly they did like a half-price sale on it, you, you, you wouldn't believe your luck. Like, oh, my God, oh, my God, like, let me get in, let me, I'll, I'll give me two, like, whatever. Whereas... When, when it's a stock or an investment, people are like, oh, hang on a minute. I wanted to buy Google when it was, you know, $3,000, but now it's only 2000 Oh, better stay away from that. That's a bit risky. It's crazy. It's, but that's the mentality, and, right? And, and I guess, you know, once you really get into it, you can be smart about it. Too. You can go and look at their financials and see, is, is this company really in trouble or are they just having a bit of a, a down period on their, on their stock price? Absolutely. And I, yeah, so that looking at that side of things is called like fundamental analysis when you look at fundamentals of the company. And that's part of the thing I teach with how to find your own companies. Now, I, you could look at data all day, financial reports, listen to Bloomberg, whatever. Like no one's got time for that, right? 
as I said, we're doing less than five minutes a day. So I literally have a checklist. It's literally like, does the company meet this, 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 and this? Cool. Then it's a good company to invest in. If it doesn't, I'll stay away from it. I don't care if it's like household name or whatever. It doesn't meet my criteria, I'm out. And that sort of black or white is what makes money in these sort of situations. What's, um, what's the kind of typical question you get asked by someone after they sign up with you? How long is it going to take? I think that's, yeah. <laughs> people always want to know the time frame. It's a great question um, because, yeah, I always preach about less than five minutes a day to implement, but what's the actual learning experience? Like what, how long does that take? Now, <laughs> I'm going to say everyone's obviously different, but what I've noticed, and I actually posted about this this week, that the clients I'm getting at the moment, between like three to four coaching sessions, literally three to four, they seem to have got my whole strategy down. And they're like, cool, I'm ready to go live. Because I, I teach them on a demo account, right, which is like virtual money, like obviously no risk, blah, blah. They're like, cool, done that. Let's go. After three or four hours of learning, I'm like, wow, that's a, you know, uh, uh, that impresses me. I've never learned something that quickly. Yeah, I suppose if you get in um, entrepreneurial types in, mm, they, yeah, exactly. they fire very quickly. And... That's it. Business owners have a very different mindset to maybe someone who's not had amount of risk in their life or has played it safe in other things and you know being a business owner is risky by nature right yeah, yeah absolutely a lot of responsibility things like that so i think they handle it so much better um but yeah it's a it, it's a cool thing to see definitely it's unbelievable especially when like you revert back to what you said about the compound effect and and that was tracking a metric that's below what your clients are making and and you basically you know your clients ultimately if they started at 10 grand in 10 years time if they continue to perform where they're at now you're talking like five six seven million pound portfolios yeah if you'd got the high percentage yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. you can do that calculation on your phone you know like put ten thousand times if you want 50 percent. let's say one point times 1.5 yeah. and just keep putting equals every equals counts as a year you'll yeah. see what the returns are. it's just nuts it's incredible to see but i'm not going to pretend that they're getting like the quick results, the great results, because no. I'm such an amazing teacher or anything like that. Um, I like to think I'm all right, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to take the credit for that. It's because we keep it simple. Like, oh my goodness. Well, you can see here on my, uh, on the, uh, the t-shirt, yeah, I've got yeah. simple. Like the world, if you've ever looked into trading stocks, crypto, whatever, you'll know that people love to make things overcomplicated. Oh my, like the jargon. The, the don't, don't you love it when people make a visual prompt on a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do apologise. On Ben's said, t-shirt, uh, it says uh, "making trading simple for beginners." Just, <laughs> just for context. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, but yeah, honestly, but it's because we keep it simple. Because you could spend years learning every intricacy of trading. To be honest, you'd never learn it all, right? Same with like property or anything. You could learn a million things and still not know everything. But that's not what you need to get results. Yeah. Simple, like get the foundations done have something that works already for someone else and just implement that. Then if you want to, you know, branch out and delve deeper, great. You can, once you've got money coming in from it, but don't start with the advanced stuff. Like people start with like Forex, um, like day trading, because that's what the glamorous lifestyle is on Instagram, right? That's what everyone pushes, but very, very, very few people make money from that because it's just so hard. It's just difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Short selling. <laughs> Everything yeah. Yeah. Else. Yeah. yeah. No, it's crazy. So, two more questions. Mm -hmm. um, my first one, 
What's the what's the best mistake you've ever made? <laughs> what a fantastic question. God, there's a lot to choose from as well. There's a, <laughs> I would say <laughs> I would say it was when I first started out in trading and I was like, I can do this on my own. Like I was adamant that I could learn. It's like I, I've always picked up things fairly quickly and I was like, look, this is gonna be great. I'll just practice, I'll get great at it. That was a huge mistake and I lost a lot of money made that a mistake but the learning from that was just immense that you don't need to do anything on your own and to be honest it's actually detrimental to do that so I've got a sort of a phrase that I live by now and it's either way you pay right so if you choose to do something on your own there's a cost to that if you choose to employ someone else to help you or get a coach or whatever it may be there's a cost to that obviously either way there's a cost so you just got to pick the one you're yeah, it's really interesting that a few people have asked me why do I have a coach and also why do I coach other people? And I said, well, a big chunk of that is because better to learn from someone else's mistakes than learn from your own. And, <laughs> yes, I about to learn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, me too. And then so you kind of um, you want to make rapid progress. It's very, very difficult to do that by yourself, Not even if you're the most capable person in the world the environmental factors can prevent you from making that progress so, so a coach can really help. And then I guess the, the other side of it is evaluating risk is a lot easier if you've got someone to lean on. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a very good point, actually. I think, well, you and I are both part of um, some business groups and yeah. stuff. And I don't know about yourself, but I feel I've learned more from the people around me. Yeah. The content itself. Um, because everyone's like you said, everyone's made the mistakes already. They've got the experience. They can tell you that doesn't work or this does work. And the amount of money, time, and energy that's going to save you and stress is yeah. worth for me. That's worth any financial investment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I had one with you recently. So we've we've recently ran a webinar, and you basically told me before I ran the webinar. And <laughs> we're a marketing company, so advertising is a big thing. But you said your paid leads won't be as invested as your organic leads. Uh, and that came to be. And it, and so I could have saved myself a lot of money, in a sense, if I'd have just listened to you. Obviously, yeah. obviously, part of our, it's not just about converting people there and then. Some of those paid leads will be, become future organic leads, if that kind of makes sense. But it's that kind of thing that you pick up by be, being in a room like that, that, that people can kind of teach you from their own experiences. And you'll be amazed kind of, how how quickly you can level up and meet people you never thought you'd meet yeah that that is very true as i said this year has been like i don't want to use a cliche like a whirlwind but like insane from myself personally but purely because i would say it's just surrounding myself with different people like yourself that have just forced me to level up and yeah yeah can't help but grow if everyone around you is growing right yeah yeah exactly so um before i ask the last question something that you touched on earlier in the podcast that I think is a really important thing for listeners is about how close you are to your what you might call it goals or the next thing or your vision but it's always a lot closer than you think it is yeah yeah absolutely I mean as I said this year I at the start of the year so end of last year actually it was December time I actually spent the time like I said earlier just writing down what I'd love in my life and I was just ridiculous I was saying like my dream car, um, where I want to live, 
who's there, like what I'm doing day to day. I literally went into detail. I was like, how the hell am I going to get there? Like, this is a good five year goal or whatever. I mean, we're in June now and I've literally achieved everything that was on that list. And purely because I'd said, this is what I want. Like, it's easy to say, I want more money. I want this, want that. But if you don't actually have the focus of what you want to do, mm. I don't know if you're going to find, first find the people to help you, look for the things that you need or actually get it, right? So, yeah, I, I would be very, very specific about what you're looking for or what you want, like what would make you happy. Yeah. And, and don't, don't be like, I think it's easy to fall into the trap of, oh, well, I know someone who's got this, so I would love that too. Or, yeah, the materialism yeah. trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, materialism's absolutely fine if that is going to make you happy. Like for me, you know, like I had a car on my list that was like, that's been my dream car since I was a kid. I was like, that will make me happy. But I don't think it's a car that lots of other people have or lots of other people aspire to. It's kind yeah. of like, it's very, it's very much to you. Yeah, that's it. So I was very real about what I want. Because everyone was like, oh, I want a Lambo. I want you know, a Ferrari. That's... Maybe you do. Maybe that is what makes you happy. But if there's something that really makes like as I said, like when I was a kid, that was my car that I wanted. Like this one I got. And I was like, damn, like, that would really make me smile. And I literally smiled every day since I've had it. So that was the right choice for me. That was the thing I did want. So just identifying that in your life. Or it could be the simple things like I want someone else to cook for me. Yeah. Great. Get a meal prep service or it could be it. You want to get healthier. Great. Get a maybe a PT or whatever it may be. There's things that are so close to you, you wouldn't believe. And, and, and I didn't believe it. I'll, to be honest, as I said, I thought that was yeah. like five away. I mean, to give an example from, from my side of things, um, last year, obviously, we were deep in lockdown at the beginning of last year. Um, everyone's business, even if your business was doing well, it's still, it was still a grind. It was, it was hard. And uh, me and me and my wife decided to move house, and uh, <laughs> I was like, kind of like, well, we haven't particularly made much money the last couple of years. Um, we we're not happy with where we live, and we also want to move to somewhere that's going to be more expensive, but actually lose size in our house. And uh, but it was it was making the decision, so it wasn't it wasn't like having a vision board which i think is important but it, it was like you say it was writing it down and making it an active decision so it moved from a picture on the wall to something that i was actively pursuing and we were like right yeah this is going to take a couple of years to get this over the line hopefully you know we'll be off our help to buy mortgage on our first house and we can you know that'll free up a bit of um uh, equity in the house and that'll allow us to get a better deposit on the new one yada 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 anyway as i was sort of plotting all this everyone else was having the same idea so suddenly house prices started to to go through the roof but the weird thing was because i was actively focusing on it all those letters you get through the door that say we will buy your house for cash uh or literally tell you how much they're willing to give you for your house without you having put it on the market i really started to make note of Mm. And then I was like, right, okay, well, let's just stick it on the market at a price we'd be happy with that's way above these cash offers that are falling through the door. And we sold it three days later. And so so from going on the market in April, by the end of July, we'd moved house to, to a 
a barn conversion in the countryside where our dog can roam around doing whatever he wants. My wife can roam around doing whatever she wants and I get some peace and quiet. So, <laughs> but it was just like, I couldn't believe it. And nor could like my friends and family. They're like, how have you done that so quickly? And it, mm. Because I wanted to. Yeah. And from that story, there's two key things that stand out there to me. So the first one is about, now, I don't know who's listening, what they're into. Like You hear a lot about the law of attraction. Yeah. Right? Not to go into any of that at the moment, but whether you believe it or not, just being aware of what you're looking for, like you've just said, I knew I wanted to have. You just are aware and you notice things more. Yeah, now, you, you see opportunities. Yeah, yeah. But whatever you want to label it as, you're attracting opportunities or it's just there already and you're just noticing them. Who cares? Like they do show up a lot more, right? So that's definitely the first thing. And then the second thing, it's actually one of our uh, mentors said it this week about like, if you've got something you really want to do, like you did, just take the first action towards it and you'll, be, you'll make it work. But if you really do want it, you will make that work. And the tension that it creates will force you to make it work. Yeah, right? and, and on that point, the most, and I don't mind going into the detail, the most ridiculous thing was as a sort of self-employed business owner, you tend to have to go to a mortgage broker because they know they're the lenders that are likely to lend to you and stuff like that. So we paid a decent fee for this guy who was going to help us out. No issue with that whatsoever. But it panned out that it was my own bank that that gave us the mortgage. So I could have just gone and spoken to the bank. But it's just so so interesting how that works, where you sit there going, well, I'm going to have to play around with the numbers here a little bit to get this to work, and I'm gonna, maybe I'll have to sell that and do this, and maybe we'll have to sort of dampen our ideas about having a quadruple garage or whatever it might be we we haven't we haven't even got a garage so just to be clear uh, but but yeah it's just funny how that works and then and then I, I had a good laugh with the mortgage broker saying oh that's funny you've just sold me a product from my own bank <laughs> but yeah i you know i've got no hard feelings about that it's just how it how it panned out because you moved towards it, right? You knew what you wanted. You took the first action, and then things just fall into place. Yeah. As whatever you want to call it, law of attraction. And you start to do things like ask the people who've done it before. Yeah. So yeah. How, how did you do that? And they're like, oh, I did this, 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 and this. Oh, right. Well, that's nowhere near as bad as I thought it was. Exactly. Back to the original point. It's so much closer than you actually think it is. Yeah. It's incredible. And I've had, I think twice this year, I've had two big, big ones that have happened like that which has been the car and the house. Um, both of them, I thought, got a long time waiting and then just took the first action towards it and it happened. Yeah, it's, that, al- it's always surprising how quickly you can pull that stuff together. And it makes you kind of think, like, what have I missed out on in the past that I was a bit fearful to move towards or anything like that? And, well, yeah, and uh, like for business owners as well, you'll be surprised how asset wealthy you are mm. and, and you can leverage that. And that means that, you know, it might be you want to get into investing. It might be you want to get into property. It might be you want to move house. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I work with, well, as I said at the beginning, busy business owners, because there's two things busy business owners tend to have is no time. Yeah. Which is why I do it in less than five minutes a day. And then they also have probably an income that they don't really want to waste. Yeah. Because, you know, money's important when you're a business owner, right? You understand the value of it. So when you start investing and having something to do with that money, everything else in your life becomes a hell of a lot easier because you're not, it doesn't matter if you make the sale that day or you're not having a good day at work. Investments don't care. Right? They, that's not how they work. So yeah, it all fits in together so nicely. 
just with achieving what you want, essentially. Yeah, I love that. So my last question, and it's a it's a fun one. What's your <laughs> what's your favourite film and why? Favourite film? Oh, this is going to be a uh, not the most inspiring answer I can say <laughs> you've ever had. But for me, and you know, like you know me, I love to have a laugh. Like, yeah, I don't take things too seriously. For me, it's the Hangover movies. Like, I I love them. Like I can't watch them without feeling amazing afterwards. So the hang, yeah. the original one's one of the only times I've gone to the cinema and people were crying, laughing. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably me in there. Aren't yeah. I, mean, I saw that with The Hangover and, a, and a Team America was the same. People were just crying, laughing. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, for me, I'm not a big movie buff. Like, I don't know much. To be honest, TV buff, like, it's not really my sort of thing. But if I'm going to watch something, I want to laugh because I get so much enjoyment out of it that yeah. that's me up for everything else in life. Like, what are we here for if it's not to be happy, right? That's wicked. No one's ever answered like that. People always give me a really serious answer. It's always like <laughs> Saving Private Ryan or, you know... <laughs> The Godfather. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I did fear I might not um, match up to those. But yeah, no, no, I'm waiting for someone to, like, hit me with, like... Because I'm, like... My, my favourite film's Place Beyond the Pines, but but my sort of actual favourite films are all, like, 80s cheesy funny films because it's oh, right. it's the escapism. It's just like, yeah, I want to laugh, I want to chill out. Mm. Job done. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so, Ben, you've been an awesome guest. What's the what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Well, first of all, thank you for having me, Joel. It's been an absolute no pleasure, mate. Um, I'd always tell people to reach out to me probably on Facebook or Instagram. Um, so I don't know whether I can give you my uh, my links for people to reach out if they want. But Yeah, yeah, sure. What's your handle? So on Instagram, it's at Ben Knight Investments. So Knight with a K, Ben Knight Investments. On Facebook, you can look for Ben Knight. If you know Joel, you can uh, yeah. definitely got mutual friends. So uh, yeah, that'd be the best way. But wicked, wicked. Yeah. So uh, listeners, just to remind you, uh, we've got a webinar series running at the moment. You hit my bio, hit the links. The latest webinar will be available there for you to sign up. And uh, catch you again. <laughs>